0: Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're going to reveal our guest through three clues. First clue is he's time top 100 list for being, quote, an extraordinary innovator and one of my heroes, according to Arne Duncan. Number two, his model for cradle to career education was lauded by President Obama with plans to replicate in 20 cities across the country. Number three. He's an author, a documentary movie star, the president and CEO of Harlem Children's Zone, and if you haven't guessed by now, he shares a first name with a popular giraffe and a last name with a hockey-loving country. Welcome to the EdCast, Jeffrey Canada.
1: Thank you, thank you. That was the best introduction I've ever had. I must admit, I have to remember that one.
0: I'll share with you my notes afterwards. So, Mr. Canada, first question. Today, you're here at Harvard to receive the Harvard Graduate School of Education Medal of Education Impact. Now the word means, the word impact, means a lot in many different ways and it's how you measure it too. I'm curious, how do you quantify or qualify impact on education? Well, you
1: know, uh, it's uh, wonderful for me to be uh, sort of back at the scene of the crime. Uh, I was here uh, many, many decades ago and uh, this experience uh, right here on Appian Way really changed my uh, take on education. Uh, so, when, when I think about impact today, I really uh, think about a couple of things. Uh, one is, uh, are we making a measurable difference? And uh, I think this idea of uh, our work being more than just good intentions, uh, that uh, it is clear where we're succeeding and where we're failing. Uh, that's one issue. The second issue I'm really concerned about when it comes to impact is scale. Uh, you know, I think we figured out how to save one or two kids, uh, but we're losing kids by the millions in this country. And so, uh, we also think, when we uh, sort of are self-analyzing uh, our work about uh, this issue of scale, and are we really reaching thousands of young people uh, and making a difference in their life?
0: Back to scale, many, many years ago, let's say, just say, two decades. Uh, your role as president and CEO is different than it is now in terms of your responsibilities, in terms of your presence in the sort of ecosystem of the media. What has stayed consistent through those decades in this work, and then what brings you most joy? Well, You know,
1: it's, it's interesting because I was talking with a group of people uh, yesterday in Washington, D.C., and I was explaining to them that uh, the only thing I wanted to do uh, with my Uh, sort of training from Harvard and from Bowdoin uh, was to uh, help my kids Uh, and uh, you know the definition of who my kids were changed over time. I I really only had three jobs and and when I first started here I was working in a school in Boston and those were my kids and later the kids in Harlem were my kids and uh, I still want to be judged on uh, that primary uh, set of Uh, facts. Have I really helped my kids? Uh, Now, look, there was some long shot in me helping my kids, maybe other kids, uh, as a byproduct of my work would be helped. But it was nothing I planned on, nothing I anticipated, uh, and nothing that I necessarily even looked forward to. I think that uh, we've been trying to come up with a set of solutions, uh, and we're not there. I think we're a lot further today than we were 20 years ago. Uh, but we, I still feel like uh, that you know there's a lot for us to learn and a lot for us to get better about.
0: The focus, obviously, in your work is being on children. Talk about the experience of seeing your children grow up into be adults, and, and what is that like as someone who's helped them get to adulthood?
1: Well, I, I'll tell you, it makes you feel old. We'll start, <laughs> we'll start there. Uh, there. You know, it's interesting because uh, uh, there are a group of young people that I worked with, um, and I've been at the same job for 29 years. Uh, now those folk are middle-aged, uh, and it's really hard for me to relate to the fact that I have young people who I call my children who are middle-aged who have kids who are in their teens. Uh, so, uh, but it's a, um, a marvelous uh, feeling because you understand something differently when you've been in a place uh, for a long period of time. You recognize that the kid you're saving today, you're not just saving that kid, you're saving that kid's kids. And when you actually see the children of the folk that you worked with and see how these young people are on a different trajectory, uh, it allows you to understand why this work is so important. Uh, Every child you save, uh, you may only get the credit for saving that child, but the truth of the matter is there's a good chance you're going to uh, continue to uh, sort of reap the benefits of that effort Uh, with that kid and then with that kid's kids. Uh, I look forward, it won't be long before my kids, kids have kids, and I'll be looking at that sort of third generation of folk who I think have benefited from those early years of work.
0: Waiting for Superman you talked about your experience at Harvard being transformative and and it's true in a lot of the talks you'll give. Here we are back at Harvard. I'm not sure, when was the last time you were here? Oh that's a good question. Probably been, it's probably been a couple of years. Couple years. So we're back, as you said, the scene of the crime. Talk about that experience, that time getting your master's degree here as as something, and this isn't just a cheap plug for the school, but what was it like being here at an education school? Because education schools have gotten a lot of criticism over the past couple years. What was the value you add for you being here?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's something I'm going to talk about uh, this afternoon when uh, I received my medal. Uh, There were real scholar activists here uh, who were real practitioners. Uh, There were professors who uh, put their money where their mouth was. Uh, They not only taught the classes, but then they went out and actually educated the kids. And for a young guy like me uh, at that time, uh, it was one thing to hear people talk the talk. It was a totally different thing to see them walk the walk. And I'm going to talk about how two professors, uh, John Schlein, who has uh, you know, unfortunately uh, passed away, uh, and Bruce Baker, who is still a professor out in uh, California, uh, really changed my practice. I mean, they changed my understanding of the theories of education, but they also uh, were there with me in the classrooms. Uh, demonstrating why uh, I think they were great at what they did, uh, and so when I think of you know the uh, Graduate School of Education here at Harvard, I, I think about those great professors who not only professed but then actually went out uh, and did the work, and they were you know uh, mentors, role models, uh, examples of uh, what uh, keen intellect uh, and real desire could could accomplish, and I think it's something that set the Ed School apart from lots of other places.
0: A couple months you're going to be giving the commencement address at Penn, congratulations by Thank the you. way. Thank uh, How is that message, if you can give us a little preview, how is that message going to be towards those, those group of people, not necessarily people who are in education, um, what is the broad message as, as an insider of education, but speaking to both insiders and outsiders, how, how is that message going to resonate? with a group in a commencement setting, and then how has that message changed over the years?
1: Well, uh, so uh, what I really want to say to the young people uh, at uh, uh, the uh, university uh, is that uh, we have increasingly become a, um, you know, stratified community of haves and have-nots. And uh, even the sort of uh, degree from a great institution like the University of Pennsylvania does not necessarily uh, mean that you are going to uh, be uh, financially stable and successful anymore in America today, that the country is changing rapidly, and so those young people will be filled with anxiety about what are they going to do, where are they going to get a job, the economy is still not great. And I would say to them that part of what happens in our youth is that uh, you have to be concerned about yourself because your future is not certain, Um, but in uh, chasing that future, we often move further and further away from the reality of other folks who haven't had the privilege, the education, and the opportunities that we have. Uh, And I think that as a country, we are going to lose our way if we can't figure out how to bring more and more Americans into the middle class. Uh, That that's what makes America great. Uh, The evidence is clear. We're no longer uh, a class that has a lot of great social mobility. Uh, And I think that's a problem for the country. And I think it's a problem that uh, those young people with their own set of issues and concerns, which are real, uh, are either going to help us solve or they're going to uh, have a country that is going to be fundamentally different. Uh, when they're my age than it is today. It is going to be a country that we just accept that this is not a a nation where uh, you have equal access uh, to education and opportunity, but one where a privileged few uh, enjoy the benefits while most of the American people uh, suffer.
0: A nation no longer at risk. Uh, Mr. Canada, last question. Let's talk about educator as celebrity. You're in movies, you're well-known, you're recognizable, your name, you, you may be, and this is me, not you saying this, you may be one of the most famous celebrity educators that exists. First of all, how, how has that changed your way about doing things? H- has celebrity affected you? And then, and then secondly, what does that mean for education that, that the president and CEO of, of Harlem Children's Zone can be in the same conversations as Hollywood celebrities?
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, it's changed me in that I'm really worried about eating junk food in public now. Right? That <laughs> you become uh, more vain. I just, I just say, hey, what, what was he eating? Was he eating that? Uh, so you know, you, you, I don't envy celebrities. Uh, I, I never did. Uh, the uh, uh, inability to uh, have privacy when you're amongst the public. Uh, if it's, if something if that's something you value uh, is uh, a lot to give up uh, because it makes you have to become more of an artificial person, right? Uh, most of us don't want people to know who we really are, uh, and so I use the junk food as a as an example. Uh, but it closes you, and and uh, that's not something that I ever uh, was uh, happy with. I am a great lover of people and experiences where I can just be among folk and observe and look and participate. Uh, when people feel like they know you, it changes the equation. Uh, you really don't get to know them. Uh, they're trying to get to know you. And so that, I, I don't think, uh, is uh, an awful lot of fun. Uh, I, I will tell you that what I think the upside is, is I think that there are a lot of people who uh, never thought that education was a serious profession. Uh, they just thought, you know, well, who would go into that, and, and, and who would really care about education and educators and folks like that? Uh, and so the fact that people care about the work we're doing at the Harlem Children's Zone, and uh, there are people who uh, I have met uh, that I was stunned to know how deeply they cared about this issue. But no one, they had no one to attach this issue to. Uh, I hope it's going to inspire uh, a lot of young people to take this profession seriously. Uh, that, I hope there are people who are thinking, you know, uh, I've got the intellectual firepower to go into business or medicine or law, but you know what I want to do? I want to go into education because that's where it's really needed. You have to be really bright, really talented, really committed to make a difference there. And if we can attract large numbers of folk into our profession, it's going to have a huge impact on our ability to educate children.
0: We, we couldn't ask for a better spokesperson for our field. Mr. Canada, thank you so much for being on the EdCast, and congratulations on your medal today.
1: Well, thank you very much. I've uh, had a great time here, and I'm going to enjoy my time here at the Ed School.
0: And I'll go get you some junk food after the interview. (laughs) This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening.
1: The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.